You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. Doug Preston has worked as a writer and editor for the American Museum of Natural History and taught writing at Princeton University. He's written for The New Yorker, Natural History, National Geographic, Harper, Smithsonian, and The Atlantic. He's the author of the wonderful books of Agent Pendergrast. He's also the author of a new nonfiction book, The Lost City of the Monkey God. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Preston. Well, thank you. This is such a fascinating book because for me, when I first looked at it, I thought this is like one of his Agent Prendergrass novels brought to life. Did you think that as you were embarking on this journey? Well, I did. I mean, first of all, I, I, I could hardly believe that in the 21st century, um, an actual lost city could still be discovered somewhere on the surface of the earth. Um, and it seemed incredible when it happened. And then I thought, my God, this is even better than any of the novels I've written. You know, uh, one of the things, there are some really interesting conflicts uh, at work in this in this book. And one of the most interesting ones to me uh, comes out of the imaging technology, which is to say that we've learned so much about our world through imaging. Think of all the stuff we've learned about the brain through fMRI. And now your new uh, book and this whole discovery keys off of, I guess, the ground version of uh, MRI. So talk about what LIDAR is and how that is changing our Archaeology. Well, lidar is a is a is a tool that that we've had for you know many decades, but only recently has the technology improved so that they can actually use it to see through the thickest jungle canopy and actually map what's on the ground. And um, if you go to Google Earth and look at uh, eastern Honduras, you'll see there's a huge area of mountainous rainforest, and in that in those mountains there's some valleys you will see that actually remain some of the last unexplored or scientifically unexplored places on the surface of the earth. And so what this team did was a totally speculative search. They got a a plane with this million dollar LIDAR machine and they flew over three of these valleys mapping the terrain and they found a lost city in one of these valleys uh, called T1 or Target 1. The valley has no other name. And uh, it's quite remarkable. The the LiDAR machine shoots 125,000 pulses of infrared laser beams uh, down every second into the, into the canopy. And even in the thickest jungle, there are tiny holes in the, in the canopy where a light beam can bounce off the ground and come back up. And so they record all these reflections, and then using software, they remove the trees, and they can see what's on the ground with a with a, a resolution of about three feet. It's quite remarkable. And they did this, and it took three days to map the Valley of T1, and I was part of this expedition. And I'll never forget when the images came back, there was just total pandemonium. We, I mean, I mean, everyone hoped that there might be something there, but you didn't have to be an archaeologist to see the pyramids, the, the plazas, the leveled areas, the great earthworks, the uh, mounds, the the um, you know, uh, you know, extreme alteration of the landscape that was once present and is now in a completely uninhabited valley in the middle of uh, nowhere. You know, you were talking about the the idea of 
finding a lost city here in the 21st century, which is really fantastic. And what you were describing to me just sounds incredible. And it reminds me of the old days of the, you know, in the 19th century when a gentleman explorer who had enough money and could assemble the technology, so to speak, which might be just a ship and a bunch of shovels to go to Egypt, could, <laughs> could you know, perform the work of uh, an archaeologist and there's a bit of tension between people like yourself who are now using this lidar and the old school archaeologists who want to you know dig it out with a spoon but aren't they coming um around to this adapting to this lidar well they are i mean when when we first made this discovery immediately there was an an outcry from some old school archaeologists that they they were upset mainly because the discovery was made not by archaeologists, but by geoengineers um, from the University of Houston and the National Center for Airborne Laser Mapping. Um, and they said, well, this is crazy. You know, I think that they felt that, that they had had a, a great discovery stolen from them because it was done by engineers instead of archaeologists. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the truth is that now, um, even in the last five or six years, LIDAR has become an absolutely revolutionary tool in archaeology. And I mean, at a, you know, everything that is now completely buried in jungle can be found. It's just very, very expensive. I mean, it cost a million dollars just to LIDAR the, these three valleys. And the equipment used is so, um, is actually a classified, a highly classified um, equipment which is very difficult to export from the United States even temporarily. So there, there are a lot of hurdles. But if LIDAR was used to, to you know, survey the highlands of Peru or the Amazon rainforest, and it will be someday soon, it will be an absolute revolution. They will, they, they will be able to map civilizations that we know almost nothing about. I think this idea of unknown civilizations is so amazing. Uh, talk about trying to fit those civilizations into uh, a revised history of the world. You're rewriting the story of the world as well as writing um, a rocking uh, uh, adventure not book. Well, that's well, that's exactly right. The 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 fact is that up you know previously people thought that these thick and very dangerous jungles were never really inhabited by people, or if they were, just small hunter-gatherer groups. Now they're realizing that before the arrival of the Europeans, um, many of these areas were completely settled by enormously sophisticated farming civilizations that have vanished. And it's so hard to see things. I'll never forget when we actually entered the lost city, standing in the central plaza with a pyramid here and great earthworks all around, you could see absolutely nothing, nothing except leaves. The jungle is so thick. It, the, the, the jungle's so thick that if you put this jungle down on Times Square and you put someone in Times Square in it, they wouldn't know that they were standing in the middle of a city. It's that thick. <laughs> wow. Uh, when you went in, did you understand the implications of everything you were trying to do, or did you find that you had underestimated the difficulty and danger of what you were doing? Well, we, we, we totally underestimated it. I mean, I've spent my life backpacking in wilderness areas. You know, I'm a great outdoor enthusiast, and I thought, well, you know, 
I mean, you got the jungle, you have rain, you have insects, <laughs> nah, no, and poisonous snakes. Okay, but it's no big deal. But when we got in there and saw the number of poisonous snakes, deadly snakes, not like rattlesnakes. These are fair to lances that if they bite you, if you don't die, you're going to lose the limb that was bitten. You know, and the jaguars prowling about our tents at night because the animals had never seen people before and weren't afraid of them. Um, I, I was totally stunned. I mean, I have never seen anything so removed from the 21st century in my life as that jungle. I mean, we had troops of monkeys <laughs> screeching at us, hanging by their tails and shaking branches in a fury, trying to drive us out. It was it was incredible. And then, of course, the diseases that are present, um, most of which have no uh, preventive. You just if you're bitten by insects and carrying these diseases, you're going to get those diseases. And unfortunately, the valley did turn out to be a hot zone of real, of great virulence. And, uh, you know, two-thirds of the expedition came down with a very, very serious and incurable tropical disease, including myself. Um, <laughs> and I did not expect that at all. Um, but, you know, it comes with the territory. I think one of the things for me that's just so wonderful about reading this book is the sense of discovery that even in the 21st century, with when with Google Earth, you can see any part of this Earth. There are still parts of this Earth that have quite a bit to tell us, and we haven't even begun to look at underneath the ocean yet, have we? It's true. There, there. It's. I mean, the, the ocean floor is you know 95% unexplored, um, or 90% unexplored, and. And uh, it's incredible. It's wonderful to think that we haven't really conquered the Earth and tramped over every square inch of it, even now. I've been speaking to Douglas Preston. His new book is The Lost City of the Monkey God, A True Story. Thank you for joining me, Douglas. Oh, it's good to be there. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom slash agony.